our lives, our strength, our time. I'm Bree. I'm Dee. And we are back again, again, <laughs> y'all. Oh my God. Okay. So this is episode 17, take three. <laughs> and we're only and, telling you this because we love you. And we are only telling you this because it is so just indicative of our lives. So we recorded an entire episode. <laughs> this entire episode and it was such trash that we just had to do it again because it was terrible uh it was just a hot mess 99 percent of that was my fault but it was just we could not even do anything about it so we said you know what we are going to get it together we are going to be professional we are going to re-record tonight it's going to be fantastic and we did we started off fabulously you know i was uh enunciating it was fantastic and literally these mic just said nope bitch we're done <laughs> And just cut off. <laughs> so we were like, wait, what? So third time's a charm. I believe in that. I believe Go team. In, I believe in my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's going to see us through. So we are back again. Oh uh, we goodness. are going to get started very quickly. But yes. <laughs> before we do that, we're going to you know, recap our weekends and our, quickly recap our week so we can get right into it. <laughs> let's see. Because I've said this a million times, it's no yes. longer fun to say. So right. um, let's see. I trained on Saturday. Um, I didn't think I did anything Friday. I really didn't. And then I had some fabulous Korean food on Sunday. And I think I told you that I had a horrible moment of figuring out that I really haven't found my balance between being sleepy and being awake and how to be a grown up with a job. By the mm-hmm. way, the new job is great, but I still have Yay. not figured out how to be a grown up who leaves the house to go to yeah. work. Yeah, it's after an adjustment. Four years. After four years of being at home, it really is. And I fell asleep in a pile of laundry <laughs> the other night um, with Sasha. I was intending to be a grown up and responsible and right. do some laundry on a Saturday night since I was at home. Mm hmm. And I sat on the floor to sort my laundry and woke up in a pile of laundry about four hours later. <laughs> been there, been there. It's so nice and warm. It's, it's the like, oh, yes. Aww. It feels like a warm hug. It's like, oh, and how comfortable. And I have this sweet little dog next to me. It was great. But mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. I woke up in a pile of laundry. So I shouldn't do that anymore. Um, <sighs> yeah, but other than that, Korean food is great. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I totally am go, go team with korean barbecue especially Mm. authentic non-chain like yeah semi hole in the wall kind of places are great and 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 like i said let the record reflect i'm expecting you to take me on a food crawl whenever i make it to atlanta oh we got you covered awesome we've got you covered so yeah i don't think i did much else other than that um okay okay yeah i think i'll allow it it. i'll allow it quiet Um, weekend yeah so let's see friday nothing um was kind of tired um long week you know slowing down a little bit but i thought i was close in this journey of hiring someone and found out today that i am pretty much starting over again so that kind of but it's all good you know i i truly believe that things happen the way they're supposed to so that just means that uh that perfect uh enough fit is out there waiting to be um waiting to happen so not going to worry about that um saturday the usual uh trained in the morning took the boy to kung fu um and then saturday afternoon and evening i'm going to try to give the reader's digest version of this but my husband and i decided to attend an event that was supposed to be or was touted as an african american no black owned wine and spirits festival so of course that sounded very interesting you know i love to support my folks when i can so you know 
given the title and given the description, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be, you know, a bunch of black owned, you know, wines or vineyards and, um, you know, spirit makers there, you know, with their wares, maybe they'll have some booths, you know, I love to buy little t-shirts at festivals and stuff like that. So this was right up my alley. So I spent our little coins, got us some tickets. And, um, you know, we decided to go, it was in DC. And uh, we decided to Uber there just in case, you know, we didn't have to want to have to worry about driving or whatever. So before I even get to that, the Uber, like I've always got an Uber story, Asti, every time I take the Uber, <laughs> you know, when I'm getting around the city during, um, you know, while I'm at work, it is like, I always get that, that one Uber driver. <sighs> so the Uber driver comes to our house and it was fine. A younger Asian American man. Um, and you know, we start off on our track. Now I probably live on a Saturday without, you know, with average Saturday traffic, I'm probably about 45 minutes from downtown Washington, DC. When I tell you that it took us the better part of 90 minutes to get there, mm. because first of all, your boy was driving about 42 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and proceeded to take there are one of several routes that you could take from our house to get into the city um he opted to take the slowest route and then drive slowly so we're already looking at each other in the back like what is happening and then to top it all off he was playing on and you know i don't i don't judge people's music choices it's absolutely fine he was playing some kind of emo I don't know if it was Korean or Chinese, like emo, sad, karaoke type. Like it was just the saddest thing ever. And I'm looking at my husband and he's looking at me and I was like, did this dude just break up with somebody? And he's about to kill everybody. Like what is going on right now? So we were a little concerned about getting down there safely, but we finally arrived there after what seemed like hours and hours and hours in the car. So we get there, we find the venue, you know, we walk in and immediately upon walking in, well, right before I walked in, I looked through the window and I saw it was a big open event space and there were a lot of black folk in there and brown folk. But I noticed like there was no decorations. There was nothing on the wall. Like it literally looked like a slave auction. Like it was just a <laughs> bunch of black people milling around. And I was like, what is happening? I said, but you know, let's reserve judgment. It's fine. So we walk in. I had actually... Um, emailed the tickets or texted the tickets to myself so that I would have them on my phone and they had like a little barcode like apparently you could just you know swipe or do whatever um for entrance so I'm like okay that's cool because I don't want to have to worry about any paper tickets so we walk in we walk up to the counter um or the little registration table so of course um you know the woman's like oh you know you know what do you have what's your name? Do you have tickets? And I was like, yeah, you know, I pulled my phone up. I said, oh, I have the tickets right here. And so I told her our name and she's like, um, well, I can't find you in the system. And I was like, um, but my tickets right here, got my ticket. Do you want to see the ticket? Uh, cause you can just swipe it from the phone. So clearly if I have a ticket and it's got my name on it, then I obviously bought a ticket. So she's looking all crazy and, um, you know, rushed. And so she's like, oh, well, well I, we need to, you know, swipe it on our end. So I'm like, that's fine. So she's trying to find the, the, it in her system. And of course, her system is not working. So we're standing there. I'm looking <laughs> over at my husband and I can see he is visibly getting pissed because he does not like foolishness or fuckery when it comes to his money or when it comes to organization. That is not his thing. So I was like, oh, Lord, please, lady. So she finally finds us in the system. And then she goes, oh, OK, well, that'll be, you know, and, and names off the price. I was like, um, sis, so see this ticket right here that I have in my phone <laughs> with my name on it? That means that I've already purchased a ticket. So 
I'm not really sure what you're and she's like oh you did and I was just like lord why are we like this so anyway we you know sort of got past that we walked in and there was like a, a kind of a VIP like penthouse lounge thing so I was like well let's go up there and you know get something to drink and get some food right because they were supposed to have food you know they had like these little drink tickets included in the price for you know a couple of the you know booths or whatever so I'm like that's fine let's just go do that and and unzen out a little bit the space was beautiful the penthouse is beautiful um the rooftop was like literally overlooking the Washington Monument it was a beautiful fall day on Saturday so you know it was fine so we get up there and the first thing I see when we walk up the stairs is a bunch of people standing in line um, at, there were two bars, a bunch of people standing in line at the bar looking pissed and I'm like, this can't be good. So I'm like, you know, it's fine. So, I, you know, we wait in line patiently, we get up to the counter and the woman's looking at us and we're looking at her and she's looking at us like, well, what y'all want? And we were like, um, so what type of drinks or what's special? And she was like, we're out. I was what? like, out. <laughs> of everything? we are outside. I was like, out of what? And she's like, we're out of alcohol. Okay, so I take a moment to step back and this is when I look at the camera and go, so let me get this straight. <laughs> you all are hosting a wine and spirits event and you all have run out of, wait for it, wine and spirits. <laughs> it, am I, because I'm thinking that probably would be the one thing that you don't want to run out of but I thought maybe it was just me but you know I'm looking and I'm thinking oh okay well you you've run out of it up here so you just need to go you know downstairs and grab some more and she was like no we're out uh, oh now mind you this event started at two we got there about 4 30 so how are you running out of stuff two hours into your event, number one? Wow. Number two, isn't kind of the reason that you do tickets is so that you can kind of keep count of how many people are are planning to attend so that you can purchase things based upon that amount? Is that not what that usually... I mean... <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, in, in where, where I'm from, in my house, that's kind of what that means. But maybe this was different so anyway i'm just really sitting there trying to absorb the fact that we have paid a not small amount of money to attend an event to have wine and spirits and there are no said wine and spirits so i'm, I'm mulling all of this over in the meaning of life while this is happening <laughs> and um you know i'm like okay well at least i'll just grab some food i was like where's the hors d'oeuvres and she's like oh we, we ran out of those too uh-uh no no i'm gonna need you to give me my money back so I looked up towards the heavens at the at the ancestors and said, why are we like this? <laughs> why do we do this? I try so hard to support our folks. I really do. But why are we like this? What, I, I, what I wine know. festival have you ever gone to where they run out of wine? And it's not a, in. And it's not a story in the Bible. Two hours in. Where Jesus is going to come and provide some more. Like, where does that happen? And, and just to be so nonchalant about it, I was like, um, was there no apology or girl? No, she was, I told you she was looking at me and I was looking at her <laughs> and I was just like, what in God's name? So, you know, I said, okay, I'm, I'm going to, I'm still trying to secure a place in heaven. We're, we're not going to do this today, Satan. So I, I, you know, kind of went and the music was great. The DJ was bumping. So I kind of went over there and just kind of hung out there for a while and did some deep breathing and then apparently in that amount of time, they had 
miraculously found some more alcohol because I think they realized that people were started about to start flipping over tables. So they found some more alcohol, brought that up. They had like their signature drinks mixed up. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. Um, you know, but again, if you're going to have all these people drinking, you might want to include at least a, you know, a carrot stick here and a hortivore there, you know, <laughs> little Costco mini quiche, a wang, something. It just, to me, it just seems like that would be a smart thing to do. But you know, what do I know? I don't, I don't own a wine and or spirit company. So, um, that was all fine. You know, I said, okay. And I was like, okay, well, you know, let's just get our gift bags and we'll just roll. Guess what? Oh, Lord. We had no. a gift bag. We had a gift bag. Okay, wait a minute. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. Did they allow children to plan this? I mean, I'm not really sure. What <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I just don't understand. I was. I just. How, why sell tickets? Why? Sell I mean, tickets? clearly, like I said, obviously that was to make a profit, probably to cover the overhead, because I'm sure any space in downtown DC is going to be ridiculous in terms of the amount of money it costs to rent it. So I completely understand all of that. But again, maybe, you know, I didn't really need a VIP penthouse, you know, rooftop joint. It could all be one level. If you were giving me some food and some alcohol, like I would have been fine with that. Shoot, put me in a tent in the park. I'm good. Put me outside. But give me what I paid for. Festivals typically occur. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to charge to the game. And I'm going to say, I don't ever have to attend this event again because I've done it once. And I, you know, I, I, again, I, I did it for the culture. I gave up my little coins. But, and this will also tie into our our whole episode tonight. But yeah, that was not, I, I won't be doing that again. So that was Saturday. So we were literally back home by Saturday evening about seven, eight o'clock. Like, fuck it, let's get a pizza. <laughs> and um, then Sunday, you know, uh, coach for Special Olympics, that was fine. And then um, met a girlfriend for dim sum. So I too was partaking of the um, some Asian delicacies this weekend. Yes. It was very good. Um, and then just kind of a side note on that, you know, and again, this is why sometimes you wonder later why you make certain decisions. So here's one. When you're at a dim sum place and random white guy butts into your conversation to tell you to try the chicken feet, don't try the chicken feet. <laughs> I don't even know what I was thinking. I don't know. And I, you know, I, I really like one of the things with, with our son is I always say, you are not allowed to say you do not like a food without having tasted it first. So I try to practice what I preach. But on the other hand, the black the black part of me knew you don't have to taste chicken feet to know that you're not gonna like it. That's just gross on every level. Like, what it's were you thinking? Feet. It's chicken feet. I don't care how they prepare it. I don't care if it's drowned in sauce. I don't care if it's fried. Those are things that chickens use to walk on the dirty ass ground. Like, what were you thinking? So, chicken feet were terrible. I literally tried like a millimeter, and I was like, mm, no, I'm good. But everything else was delicious. Um, so I was very happy about that. Um, so yeah, that was my weekend. And then, like I said, you know, we tried to record last night, which was total trash, but it's fine. So yeah, um, here we are here and here we are, (laughs) here we are. So we thought (laughs) going back to what I was saying about coinage and making smart decisions with your coins, we thought it might be a great idea to talk about, uh, you know, barbell and on a budget because, yeah, not everybody, you know, is in the same space. And we get that in terms of wanting to try string sports or wanting to compete. And, you know, 
sometimes, well, not, you know, sometimes, most people have to kind of think about how that's going to affect them financially, unless you are just an extremely fortunate person who does not have to worry about those things. But I would not be one of those people. So I'm always looking for a way to save a coin. So we thought that we could talk about some of those things tonight and kind of what we do and, you know, give some ideas about ways to do that so that, you know, I think sometimes when people look at certain sports, they think about the finances being in, a, a barrier to entry. And I also think that's why a lot of times we may not see a lot of our folks doing this mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Because like I've said before, you know, let's be real. CrossFit is very expensive and, you know, by that by that default, very white. Um, so, you know, that could be one of the things that kind of prevents people from trying out CrossFit or trying out, you know, other sports. So we want to try to, you know, see if we can help folks alleviate that in some shape, form or fashion. So, um, yeah, so I guess the first thing I wanted to talk about, since this is pretty universal and, you know, this kind of goes along with training and, you know, learning how to fuel your body properly is, um, you know, saving money and, you know, eating well on a budget. Ah. <sighs> Our favorite topic, food. Our favorite topic, food. If you guys haven't figured out yet, we really like to eat. Yes, we do. And, like, and it is quite vital to being able to pick up heavy shit. Is to eat. Yeah, it's yes. important. So, yeah, food. Um, I think you and I probably have slightly different takes on this due to our current station or situations in life. Um, I am at a point where I am, I guess you could say... So I'm very, very single. Mm -hmm. I'm as single as they come. Mm -hmm. So my only real responsibility is to me, and I can kind of do what I want with my food. Um, for me, what has worked best is two things. Mm -hmm. One, being a comparison shopper and being comfortable with the idea of sometimes buying things in three or four different stores. Mm -hmm. So right now I think everybody knows I'm using a meal prep service and we'll talk about that in a second, uh, how to deal with that. But when I was grocery shopping, I often would find myself going to say target for one set of things. Um, for those of you who live in the South, you know what a Publix is. Um, mm -hmm. I might go to Publix for certain things, um, Kroger for another set of things. And then Trader Joe's for another set of things, mm -hmm. just because I happen to know certain prices. Uh, for example, T Trader Joe's, as we all know, has an amazing selection of prepackaged yummies mm -hmm. that make life a little bit easier. Um, mm -hmm. So I would often, and they're pretty low priced. Their wine is also low priced, but that's a totally different topic for a different day. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. So I've, that was one of the things that was really helpful to me was to, number one, make a list and pre-plan my meals as much as possible. So I think for a lot of us, especially when you start out, you're used to kind of winging it with your meals. Mm -hmm. I learned very quickly that that doesn't work and it gets really expensive because when you're winging it, you end up having to run to the store two and three and four times a week instead of just going once. Right. And you're buying little extra things, whether we like to admit it or not, we buy extra stuff when mm -hmm. you go back multiple times. So I think for me, being able to say, okay, this week I want to eat steak, I want to eat you know, a salmon dish, and then I want, I don't know, chicken breasts. Mm -hmm. I would make three meals, maybe four, and rotate those and have all the ingredients listed out, know exactly where I want to get them, check for coupons, things like that, and then go to the store, as opposed to kind of buying a bunch of meat <laughs> mm -hmm. at the store right. and then coming home and saying, now what do I want to make with this? Right. Uh, so that, I think, in terms of grocery shopping, as a single person, was the most help for me, helpful for me. A lot of people told me to try buying in bulk. Mm -hmm. I found for me that was a complete and utter waste of money. Um, 
because as a single person number one i live in an apartment there's no place for there's no place for a deep freezer Mm -hmm. um so i ended up with food that would basically end up going bad i'd have food for so long that it would be too much for me and it would go bad so for me personally although i think i would recommend it to most people especially if you have kids that you're feeding for me as a single person living in an apartment it didn't make sense to do the buy in bulk thing Mm -hmm. uh so that's my take on the grocery store side of things on this meal prep side of things i tend to think that and I'm, and I'm going to sound completely hypocritical here, but unless you absolutely have to do a meal prep service, I would say, don't do that. It's right. really expensive. There's no right. way for it to not be expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you are going to do it, like right now, I know I cannot be bothered to cook. Just right. I, my attitude right now as I'm adjusting to this job and changing my hours and dealing mm-hmm. with all kinds of new, you know, just new schedules, new everything. I know I would be face down in a pizza right if i had to come home from work and actually figure out food Mm -hmm. and on the weekends i have yet to want to be bothered with making a big meal prep so right right now meal prep service works right um what i will say about them is figure out what you need i prefer to eat real meals Mm -hmm. so i am not a girl who is happy with you slamming a grilled chicken breast and some asparagus on a plate in front of me right I'm not that girl. Mm-hmm. I know some of y'all are. If you are more power to you, mm-hmm. I am not that girl. So I went looking for services that would give me the feeling of an actual meal that I would cook for myself or that I would order in if I were going to order in food from a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then I comparison shopped. So again, it's just like I would say for the grocery store, spend a lot of time comparison shopping and making sure you know what the service offers. So the service I use right now, he doesn't do breakfasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, that kind of annoyed me. And then I realized, you idiot, you don't need someone to make you breakfast. (laughs) That's something I can do for myself. And it is probably the easiest meal for me to prep for myself because I'm already at home anyway. But I think make sure you understand what your needs are. If you do need all your meals, then you need all your meals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Find a service that provides that. Figure out what you're willing to pay for shipping. Do you want something local? Do you want frozen food? Do you want fresh food? There are so many things to consider. But I think you have to really hone in on what it is that you want in that service for it to be a successful endeavor Mm -hmm. for you to try to use a meal prep service because it's really easy i've used so far um i want to say i've used about four of them i've experimented with four and i've had pretty good experiences with the last two the first two i think were massive failures primarily because i was subscribing to services that were just delivering me grilled chicken breasts or ground turkey patties Mm -hmm. and then i'd look at them and i I, it just wasn't particularly appetizing right you can make that yourself (laughs) right i was like oh well this is nice and utilitarian but it i'm still gonna have to do something to it to make it appetizing Mm -hmm. i can make a plain grilled you know chicken breast by myself i can make a patty of turkey by myself right so i think for me that's not what works for me Mm mm-hmm I need a meal. And I think the last two have been more successful because that's what they provide is calorie controlled meals with the macros already figured out. So I don't have to do that either. Right. And I'm basically paying for the convenience of knowing what's in my food, being able to count my macros pretty much accurately, and then not having to think about cooking it. Or even at this point, if I spend more than a hundred dollars, they bring it to my house for free. So that's even better because <laughs> I don't have to go anywhere if I don't feel like it. But I would say really get up before you make a decision about a meal prep service. First of all, 
decide what it is you need. Right. Second of all, look for discount codes. Almost every single service out there will give you a discount, at least in the beginning. Right. And one of the things, too, that, and I I haven't used one in quite some time, but, um, like, if whenever... Um, my husband does, he does this vegan challenge, uh, well, Daniel's challenge or fast or whatever it's called. But anyway, it's basically vegan, um, with our church, uh, every year. And I actually found a meal prep service that was particularly helpful in getting, um, you know, vegan meals to him. Um, and one of the issues was I had looked at a couple of them, but in one of the issues was some of them, you have more flexibility to choose meals than others. Um, and they'll, or they'll kind of work with you beforehand to find out what sorts of things that you don't like, or you can't eat or what have you. Um, and that's great. But if you happen to end up with one that doesn't allow you that flexibility, sometimes you end up wasting food because if you don't eat eggplants and like, you know, three of the five days are eggplant dishes. That's a waste of, that's a serious waste of money, even though it's convenient and it's there. And, but you don't want to be eating stuff you don't, you hate just because you paid for it. Right. So that's always something you want to be mindful of because you might find that when you start looking at the comparison of, okay, you know, this is convenient and this will help me, you know, in my training or if I'm, you know, trying to diet or do all these things and I lead a busy life. But, I'm spending more time trying to find stuff to to substitute for the stuff that I don't like to eat. You really may not be saving yourself that much money. You might actually be spending double or you might be spending more. So, you know, you kind of have to look at that, too, when you start investigating these different services, how much flexibility they'll allow you. And some like I said, some of them will, you know, the smaller ones may work with you on a more personalized basis. But some of these larger companies, they don't they I mean, they can't because they're shipping out, you know, thousands of meals a day or what have you so that's just always something to keep in mind when you are thinking about um you know utilizing a meal prep service you have to really look at kind of what that cost per meal would be or you know and compare that with the opportunity cost of your time and all of those other things it may be cheaper just to buy your own shit in bulk and and do it yourself or and one thing to look for i say and Bree just mentioned this is definitely look at what variety looks like because you do not I don't care who you are I know we all in the fitness world people I say oh I don't care if I eat the same meal every day mm-hmm. yes you do stop lying yeah yeah you do it takes Eventually, a very special person to be able to do that and I and I say that as someone who can eat the same stuff yeah you know for an extended period of time but you know usually after about you know I don't know a few months like I'll burn out. Like I'm, I'm kind of at the point now where since I'm kind of post prep, like there are certain foods that I just ate um, while I was, you know, dieting that were just, you know, I liked them, but they were also convenient. So it was just easy for me to keep eating that. And like, I'm looking at them now, like I'm not gonna be able to eat that for at least another year and a half. Exactly. And that's exactly what happens to me. So I think make sure that you get a grip on how often they change their menus because some places it's every week. I know the service I'm using right now, I think he changes up the meal plan completely every two weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tries to provide about nine meals a week for us to choose from because he's a smaller business. Mm -hmm. But I have seen uh, the service I was using prior to him. They had on average for every meal between three and five choices for all five days of the week for every meal Mm -hmm. and that gave me almost too many choices uh but it's actually not necessarily a bad thing to have too many choices so i think you need to really know what it is food wise how you like to eat like Mm -hmm. if you need something new every day then honestly you might want to think about something other than a meal prep service because there are very few of them that will let you eat something different right 
every day of the week. Right. So just again, yeah, exactly. evaluate all your options. Um, I would recommend where possible, look local. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be slightly cheaper. The shipping will definitely be light years cheaper. Right for something local but if you don't have anything local there are some definitely some really good services Mm -hmm. i'm not going to recommend anyone in particular because nobody is telling me that they're going to give me a discount on food so (laughs) until one of them tells me one of the ones i've worked with has gives me some nice code for me to get some cheap food exactly um, i'm I'm happy to tell y'all in the dms but i'm not putting it on this on this podcast free advertising beer so um So I think, Bree, I will toss this to you to kind of talk about doing this with a family. (laughs) It is a special kind of crazy. Um, So, you know, obviously the best case, best case scenario is that you, you know, find yourself with a family full of people that will are willing to eat just as you do. Yeah, that is not how it works in my house. But I'm I'm assuming that that is a great thing to find if you have it. Um, Otherwise, you know, I think for a lot of folks, you're sort of, you know, kind of tasked with you know, fueling yourself in a specific way, again, you know, as it pertains to you training for, you know, either a bodybuilding competition, or even if you're, you know, trying to cut weight for um, powerlifting or weightlifting, or, you know, you're trying to get stronger and bulk up, whatever the case may be. So you find yourself having to fuel yourself specifically for that. And if that doesn't necessarily align with the rest of your family's, you know, desires and taste buds, it can get a little tricky and expensive. Um, So, you know, that's always been kind of a thing for me. Um, and you know, I try to incorporate as much, so I try to do two things and this has been particularly, um, it's been a lot easier to do since I've sort of switched. I had switched kind of the way that I dieted for shows and, you know, move more to a macro based type diet as opposed to quote unquote eating clean and eating very specific groups of food. So this way I can cook for myself and my family and we can, just eat variations of the same meal. So, you know, if I do, you know, chicken, then, you know, I will, you know, I'll make them, you know, whatever, sauteed in olive oil and, you know, do all these really cool things with it. And then I'll just, you know, adjust mine accordingly, or, you know, I'll adjust the amount of, you know, uh, carbohydrates um, that, you know, I'm eating versus them, or I'll fix something to go over rice and, you know, maybe they'll have it over rice and maybe I'll just have the protein and the veggies or whatever else we're having. So that has, that has made life um, easier. Um, for me, I'm, I'm a big bulk shopper in the sense that, you know, I have, I live with two, you know, men, one grown and one on his way. So they eat a lot of food. Um, so it just makes sense for me to do the Costco and to, you know, do, but again, interestingly enough, I've found that there are certain things that aren't necessarily cheaper. It's not necessarily cheaper buying them in bulk um, from Costco. So, you know, I, do find myself going to a couple of different stores at times. And I think, again, it becomes, you know, you have to look at the comparison of, you know, the opportunity cost of, you know, saving yourself time, because as you know, someone who works full time and has a family and has all these other things, time really isn't, um, you know, my biggest asset all of the time. So, you know, sometimes I have to do things that may cost me more financially, but they save me time. So I go that route. And I, I recognize that I have, you know, it's it's a privilege to be able to do that. Not everyone can do that. So, um, you know, you, you, you kind of have to make those judgment calls from time to time. But, you know, again, I end up usually, you know, getting my chicken breast from Costco, but sometimes I, you know, will get alerts that we have where I live, we have giant, we have um, f- 
food line, although I usually don't buy meat from there much anymore. Um, but we have Giant, we have um, Harris Teeter, and a couple of other stores in Safeway. So I have alerts when they have like huge sales on chicken breasts. I'll go there and, and, and stock up or, you know, seafood or, um, you know, ground turkey or whatever kind of meat, beef. So I just kind of keep my eyes peeled. And I think with a lot of stores, you can actually sign up for alerts. So you'll get those alerts either via email or even on your phone, I imagine. Um, where you can save money that way. So that's something that I, um, I'm constantly looking at. And I know also some targets you can kind of price check around. There's some app or something that you can get where you can check a the bunch of different stores. Cartwheel app. Cartwheel, exactly. So um, I've heard from a lot of people that is absolutely vital to them being able to kind of get the best price for whatever it is that they're looking for. Um, so I definitely suggest that. And then my little secret sauce like and i don't y'all lean in close because i don't share this with everybody but if you happen to have in your neighborhood um an asian grocery yes. store let yes. me tell y'all that right there is the move their produce is amazing and it is so cheap compared yes. to a lot of regular grocery stores and even Costco. Um, and again, like Dee mentioned, sometimes buying veggies in bulk if you're buying fresh isn't very smart if you know that you're not going to eat you know, six pounds of spinach in a week, then it's stupid because it's going to go bad. But it's if you if you have the time and you want to, you know, you're someone who likes to buy every few days. Asian grocery stores are the bomb. They yes. have the best fruit. They have their bananas are cheap. Um, their greenery and they have a huge variety. If you're someone who likes to try different types of um, dark leafy greens, I mean, I have never seen that many variations of bok choy and um, <laughs> spinach and chard and collard, like everything. So that's my little secret weapon. Um, that's where I typically tend to get a lot of my veggies. And it just so happens that um, I have a few that are fairly um, close to, to different places that I end up on the weekend. So that's one of my regular weekend stops. I will always go there and get my veggies. Um, so that's definitely, and, and I think a lot of other ethnic grocery stores too, whether it be Latin grocery stores, I know some Caribbean grocery stores in different areas tend to um, have uh, really great produce for great prices. So um, if you are, you know, living near like a larger, you know, area, like a, a big city, like in LA, or, you know, even Atlanta, San Francisco, you know, some of these places tend to have those little pockets of communities, and you can find great produce there. So that's one to grow on if y'all didn't know. Yes. Um, cue rainbow, the, the more you know. Um, so that's definitely something that I do. And here's something that I wanted to speak specifically to, um, because, and I, I think we may have even talked about this a little bit on the food episode, but I really want to encourage folks, um, if you're trying to eat better and you were trying to feed your family on a budget and whatever that budget might be, whether it's super small or you have a large family, what have you, please don't feel like if you can't afford organic or range free this or you know whatever that you can't feed your family well that is absolute bullshit and you know some people might argue with me about this fight me i really don't give a fuck if <laughs> you can all you can afford is you know pesticide filled greenery shit get it and wash it, <laughs> it. like i'm dead ass serious like i get so tired of people with their elitism about eating organic and you know range free first of all 
you know, that smacks of privilege because the fact that you don't recognize that not everybody can do that or have access to that means that you have this privilege that you, you know, are, are sort of using to kind of hold against people, which is not cool. Um, you know, not everybody has the ability for two reasons. Not everybody has the ability, like I said, to, to go to the Trader Joe's or go to fresh food. I mean, not fresh foods, whole foods or whatever. But not only that, a lot of folks don't have those in their community. They have bodegas or they have, like I said, they might have access to an Asian grocery store. They might have access to their little, you know, sort of local grocery where that's all they have to choose from. And I would much rather somebody, you know, eat some chicken that may not be range free or, you know, grown. And I mean, obviously, you want to be safe and you want to practice safe practices with respect to your food choices when you can. But shit, if that means that you got to get canned vegetables, get some damn canned yep. vegetables, rinse them joints off and keep mm -hmm. it moving. It's not only convenient, it's still a great source of, you know, nutrients, um, as opposed to, you know, going to McDonald's, but not that I'm even knocking that because shit, a dollar value menu is a dollar value menu. And if that's what you have to feed your family, that's what you're going to do. But I just want to encourage people who, you know, that may be kind of some of their hesitation or they, they feel like because they can't do those things, you know, that they can't start to make better, you know, food choices for them and their families. It's absolutely not true. Um, an egg is an egg is an egg. It ain't got to be brown. It ain't got to be organic. You know, an egg is an egg. Um, canned tuna is great. It is a great source of protein and it's fairly inexpensive. And one thing that people really don't really neglect a lot is I don't know who the hell decided we all need to eat chicken breasts all the time. Exactly. Y'all, we don't. No. You're not going to die if you eat a chicken leg. Nope. You're not. You're not going to die from eating a chicken thigh either. Chicken thighs are great. It, it, it's chicken. Yeah. You might have a little bit more fat, but n unless you are training for the Miss Olympia. Right. Or the Mr. Olympia. Right. It is not that serious. Right. And even, you know, and I, like I said, I can even say when I was, you know, dieting full, like, you know, heavily into it, I didn't necessarily, I mean, I just happened to chose chicken choose chicken breast because it just was you know a lot of times it's just on autopilot but there were plenty of nights that I set my ass down with a chicken thigh or a, a chicken leg because of what I was making for dinner for my family and it was fine and I just figured that into my macros and it worked out and I still lost weight so don't ever feel like you know it's got to be a dry chicken breast and a piece of asparagus it does not um, you can still reach your goals you know whether that be to again like I said just eat you know start to eat a little bit more healthfully or if you're training for something you know obviously if you have a coach and you're sort of following you know their instruction then you want to do what they ask you or tell you to do but don't feel like you can't you know there's no shame in, 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 in making those choices if those are the choices that are available to you. So yeah, I mean, shit, eat frozen veggies. I don't- Those are my jam. Yeah, I mean, for me, I'm not, you know, just for whatever I like to cook, I kind of like to use fresh vegetables, but yeah, I listen, I ate frozen veggies many a night, especially when my son was younger and, you know, we I was trying to get some dinner on the table, you know, and I had time to be out in nobody's yard picking no damn vegetables. I would have <laughs> got me a big ass bag of frozen, you know, stir fried vegetables and walk that shit up and it was fine. You know, again, now I have the privilege to be able to, you know, opt not to do that if I don't have to, but there's nothing wrong with it. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that or canned vegetables or like I said, um, you know, uh, tuna fish or, you know, shit. I mean, pork is a great source of white. Listen, right. And I, okay eat the pork eat it like i mean you may if you have your own thing about pork that's right. fine yeah and you then and of course then no don't eat it but don't choose don't walk away from pork because there's some 
spoken or unspoken depending on who you're talking about right we're black we don't eat pork if you don't know why you're not eating pork, exactly eat the damn pork. yeah pork loin is fantastic you know um there's a there's this so one of my quick pre-cooked um convenient meals so there's a, a grocery store literally around the corner from my house i stop on the way home every night every night they have a different like sort of hot food item available so like monday nights is like their roasted chicken breast tuesday nights are like their apple it's like this apple maple apple pork lo- roasted pork pork loin whatever girl i'll pick one of them joints up I will go home and chop that joint up. I will add some fresh veggies and I will throw it in a wok with some, um, I use like the amino, like soy sauce substitute, Mm -hmm. um, some eggs and some rice and make some pork fried rice in a minute. And it is fabulous and it is quick and it's cheaper than getting carry out. So I ain't no shame in my game. Um, No, do I eat pork all the time? No, I don't. But that's just more, I developed an aversion to it when I was pregnant with my son. Cause I was, girl, I was all about some ham on the holidays. Um, But yeah, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with (gasps) beef you know ground beef is great you know yeah you might want to pick some of the leaner you know leaner cuts of it but sometimes i'll do half ground beef half ground turkey if i'm making tacos you know because turkey meat's dry shit i mean let's let's be clear it really is yeah so there's nothing wrong with making those choices and again you know I, i encourage people if that like don't let that be the reason that you feel like you can't eat more healthfully and actually doing it that way you you know i think it really um is more encouraging to your family because they're like oh this isn't half bad like my son you know he loves vegetables now you know um and and that's just because you know i I started to try to introduce them to them you know sometimes he likes you know frozen broccoli that's fine you want some frozen broccoli cool i'll nuke that shit for you in a second and he can have it with you know his slice of pizza for dinner i don't care you know that's just not my hill to die on and i'm again i'm not the food you know i'm not the one to be policing anybody's food choices so Anything that you can do to save money there um, and, and, you know, start yourself eating in a different way to, you know, fuel your body and reach your goals, go for it. You know, it doesn't have to be have some fancy schmancy name to it. And I mean, I'm not even going to get on the whole freaking things. I don't want to offend anybody, you know, and everybody's been watching the Netflix special. But again, if you if you have to make an educated decision about why you're choosing to to go that route and that doesn't mean watching one particularly inflammatory documentary right um you know research look at your sources you know yeah try it out see how you feel compared to how you feel eating in other ways and then make your choice but don't just fall on this bandwagon because you've decided oh well everybody's saying that this is bad there's a lot of shit that's bad in the world that's going to kill us, right? Um, so just try to make an educated decision based upon your own research about why you feel like that might be a better choice for you. And it might be. I'm not saying it's not. But don't just kind of fall in with the crowd. Because again, eating you know, eating a vegan lifestyle ain't cheap. Like not I don't, even close girl, to cheap. Not, not even. even. Close to cheap. It's not even cheap. It's not cheap. And it's not necessarily guaranteed to help you reach weight loss goals or fat loss goals if that's what you I know a lot of fat vegans let's be real okay so just kind of wanted to throw that caveat out there too even because it's you know it's popular right now and it's it's having its time if you do it make sure you're doing it for the right reasons for you Um, and you're doing it well and you're doing it well yeah because I I see a lot of people who go vegan thinking they're going to be I don't know. It's going to be inexpensive. If someone tells you that they're eating vegan and that it's inexpensive, that means that they are likely eating pasta. They are living off of pasta. Rice and beans. Full time. And rice and beans. And that's all well and good. 
But that's not a really ve- it's a vegan diet in the sense that okay, it's not made out of animals. Right. But it's not a balanced right. vegan diet. Right. So if you I, I will tell you from me experimenting with vegetarian um, eating and trying to sometimes throw vegan meals in when I have the time to really focus. Right. Eating balanced. When I say balanced, I don't just mean macronutrients. Right. I also mean micronutrients. Right. That is not easy to do. Right. It's not easy. It requires planning. So right. from financial standpoint and like a practical nutrition yeah. standpoint. So and also yeah. it, it can be a pretty large investment of time. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember, you know, one of the, like so when my husband decided he was going to start doing this um, Daniel's fast with our church a few years ago. You know, I, I bought a couple of vegan cookbooks. There was this one cookbook that I absolutely love called Vegan Soul. Um, I think it's by Brian yes. Terry. If you ever get it, it's it's it awesome. Is great. However. Once I started to look at the 9,000 ingredients required by the recipe and the 4,200 hours required to make that shit, I was like, ain't nobody got time for this. (laughs) I mean, I was seriously like, are you kidding me? Now, again, you know, someone who's in a different life situation might if, you know, maybe they're a stay-at-home mom. Not that they have all the time in the world, but, you know, they're not necessarily having to go back and forth to a nine-to-five job. Or, you know, if they are working, they're single and they have, you know, sort of they, their time's a little bit more freed up with respect to, you know, who they have to be responsible for when they get home. Um, maybe. I don't know. But I don't really know anybody who wants to spend that kind of time cooking unless they just happen to enjoy cooking. So, you know, again, don't, you know, you have to look at it from different angles and not just assume, oh, well, if I eat this way, it's going to be fast, it's going to be cheap, and I'm going to, you know, lose body fat. It's, that's not necessarily true. So um, as far as food is concerned, I think that was kind of my major points I wanted to um i wanted to put out there um so i guess we could kind of move on a little bit about how to save money um i guess with respect to training although i'm trying to think um what are i think training i mean if we're talking about are we talking gyms and things like that i think all right so i am going to go against everything everybody says on the internet Mm -hmm. And that you'll see if you Q&A on most of these sites that uh, give advice to new lifters. Mm -hmm. If you want to save money training, number one, we don't all need to belong to a powerlifting gym from day one. Is it helpful? Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. Um, But if you, if your options and you're just, and you're not training for, now let me say this. If you're not training to compete in anything and you're just trying to get in shape or you're trying to learn how to lift weights, um, can you do that at Planet Fitness that costs $10 a month? Fuck yeah, you can. Um, at least in the beginning. Right. Before you get so ridiculously strong that you no long, you've outgrown Planet Fitness. You, right. Now, I will say this. You can outgrow Planet Fitness um, because they are not designed for weightlifters right. or power. That's lifters. a whole other show. But anyway. But understand in the beginning, if you're just trying to mess around with some dumbbells and some lightweight barbells to learn how to do things. Right. You can go to a commercial gym. You can go to um, LA Fitness. You can go to um, Retro Fitness. You can go to Lifetime Fitness. All those gyms that you just see Mm -hmm. that are around your neighborhood that normal people go to. You can get your base in there. Lifetime ain't cheap. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. (laughs) Lifetime, Lifetime, they won't even let me in the front door. So listen, um, (laughs) I had to get grandfathered in on some old shit but anyway i i get what you're saying but yeah yeah, like a lot of those like retro i belonged to retro for a while um because a trainer that i was working with many years ago had moved from the gym where i was to retro and it was literally like ten dollars a month 
right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think it's entirely possible to, you know, in, in a lot of gyms are, especially if you were looking towards like the end of the year, like mm-hmm. there are going to be so many sales at so many gyms because people are gearing up for New Year's resolutioners, right? So take advantage of those times, you know, um, a lot of gyms also, and this is something too, to kind of look into when you're looking at a, a space, um, there are gyms where you, if you know that like you travel a lot or you know that you're going to be out of town for the summer, or whatever, they'll actually allow you to put your membership on hold for that amount of yes. time. So you're not just paying through the nose for months that you're not going to be using it. Um, you yes. can also save money because there are certain gyms that will um give you limited access like if you know you're only going to be working out if, you, if you're belonging to a 24-hour gym but you know that you're only going to be able to work out between the hours of this and this you might want to get a limited gym membership so you know you can save money that way so you know you're only going to be going between certain hours um so that's something else that you know you can do some gyms will have specials where you can join with the buddy you know whether it be a family member or a friend and you can share that way um you know and with that if you decide that you do want to employ the services of a personal trainer there are some trainers that will allow you to do sort of group sessions so you're working with two people at one time or two or three people yes. and you can now split the i that way i do want to say this about commercial gym trainers yeah i was mm, yeah i'm i'm going to step all over a whole lot of people's toes and i don't give a fuck don't hire those right motherfuckers. right <laughs> i guess i, I guess i meant more like, in the sense of like i have a, like, a girlfriend who um she's a i mean she's an amazing trainer and she works out of a gym she's not an employee of that gym per se but she does allow where you know she might have two friends that want to train together and so she trains them together and they split that cost but yeah yes. i'm not a big fan of yeah. globo gym trainer so let yeah. me let me just yeah. say that yeah if you're going to and this is a i mean from a money saving perspective if you are going to sign on with a trainer um i would say sign on with a private trainer or in someone who's in a situation similar to what Bree just described where they work out of a gym i know for us i believe it's 24 hour fitness right. or fitness anytime one of those 24 hour gyms uh, where I am local to me, mm-hmm. they allow trainers, they don't have any trainers on staff, but they allow trainers to lease space in their gym and bring clients in. If that is the situation your trainer is in and they're a private trainer, that's fine. Yeah. What I'm talking about, do not pay money. And I'm going to call out the LA fitness trainers because that's where I've spent most of my exercise career, so to speak. Do not pay the five arms and six legs and firstborn that LA Fitness wants to char- charge you for a trainer right. because in the f- most cases those people are it is very rare to get someone at an LA Fitness or another commercial gym who knows anything more than the base level personal trainer certification that they got when they were hired by LA Fitness or whatever gym that they work for you're saving money why and how does that involve saving money because those sessions are so ridiculously mm-hmm. overpriced right. for what you actually are getting out of them in terms of the benefit that you'd better be you'd be better served signing on on a shorter contract in a lot of cases with a private trainer i know uh there's a girl that i am friends with on instagram and i'm totally pimping her page right mm-hmm. now because she's my homie uh fit.ebony e-b-o-n-i i think mm-hmm. um on instagram she's here in georgia i don't know if she does over i don't know if she does online clients or not i think she does she's a perfect example she works out of a gym here but it's like an athlete's gym and she knows her shit mm-hmm. she really does she's invested a lot in her training and i think there are plenty of others who do the same thing in that case yes sign on with a trainer but just don't walk into your local commercial gym because they're going to charge you 
thousands of dollars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for very mediocre service i know i have watched the trainers in some of the locations i've been to at some of the commercial gyms i've been in and out of when i travel for work and when i'm here at home and a lot of times if you sit there long enough you'll notice that they're giving all of their clients the same exact exercises regardless of body type male or female age goals they're all doing the same thing Mm -hmm. so in that case that is not where you want to spend your money spend your money invest it in something that's genuinely going to be tailored to you so even if you have the money to blow on a trainer blow that money wisely (laughs) um another way to save money with training i would say is if you have a base if you already have a decent knowledge base of how the movements work and you're not a true beginner uh lots of companies these days are giving sort of the template i call it template training Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily cookie cutter training it's i would say semi customized so that you put in your information um what your level is um what your lifts are Mm -hmm. and it spits back out a um template for however many weeks 12 weeks 16 weeks depends i know there are tons of companies that do Mm -hmm. this bodybuilding.com has some like that um i'm trying to think of who else uh renaissance periodization does that juggernaut i think does that there are plenty of other companies those are the ones that come to mind off the top of my head in case people want actual names I don't work for any of these people. Mm-hmm. They're not paying me. They're mm-hmm. just the ones that came to mind yeah. first. I could, you could ask me that question tomorrow. I'll give you somebody completely right. different. But you pay a, you might pay sixty-five to one hundred dollars for a plan that'll last you um, twelve weeks or fourteen mm-hmm. weeks, sixteen weeks. Um, so that's another way to save money if you don't need an actual trainer, yeah. but you need programming. Yeah. And I was gonna say, to um, do I don't know if you mentioned this or not, but like just kind of like we were saying, kind of the caveat with that. Like I'm a big I'm a big believer in learning how to do stuff right the first time yes. so that you don't have to unlearn bad habits later. So yes. if you have the ability, and even if it's only for four weeks, right? If it's only for four weeks or you know, once every other month or something like that, really think about investing the time to work with a trainer in person if you are new to strength training. Um, yes. And then that way, once you develop that base level, you then can take that knowledge and supplement it with what you were talking about, which are like online plans. Like, I think that's great. Um, but I think at, at, at a very basic level, if you have that opportunity, and that's not to say that you can't get a book and start trying things out and reading things. But when it comes to, you know, really learning sound technique with, you know, deadlift and, um, you know, squat and, um, you know, bench, I think it's really important to have that hands-on one-on-one training if you can you know and whether that mean whether that means you might have to put off sort of starting that journey for a while until you can kind of save up a little money to do like four sessions or something like that I think it's really worth it and you'll actually end up saving yourself money in the end a because it will help you prevent injuries and again you will you know it it will also help you if you find out later oh shit I've been doing all these lifts wrong you know and then you end up having to go to a trainer anyway so using those two tools I think hand in hand is really a great combination if you are you know more on the sort of the beginner side of things or even if you haven't lifted in a really long time and you want to refresh your course i think you know it's really worth it financially to to see if you can kind of you know make room for that in your budget at least for a limited amount of time um and then you can move on you know move on to something else so and i don't know that there in terms of coaching 
beyond what you just said. I don't know that there's a lot of money to be saved in closure yeah. beyond comparison shopping, talking to a lot of people, um, catching people sometimes if it's the holiday season, sometimes people will run specials. But really, I think that's not some place where you want to cut corners. I just I I think in a lot of cases with training it's well worth it yeah. to just save the money where you can in terms and of other saving stuff, your money. Right. And then and, and, and but also that's not to say that the most expensive is going to be the best because let me tell you nope. I have worked with some very pricey coaches coaches that were trash and I have worked with some coaches that turned out to be phenomenal that really were just I mean just hidden gems that you know were either reasonably priced or maybe even underpriced for what they were offering so you know again while you don't necessarily want to skimp on that um don't always believe that either you know bigger most popular is better and and quite frankly you know I have yet to work with a coach that's sort of a quote unquote big name or like has a huge social media presence. Um, you know, most of the ones that I know that I've I've come across word of mouth and that's how they've tended to get their clients because they're just that good at what they do. And they listen, <laughs> my coach now ain't hurting for business. Okay. But if you were to say his name, you know, he's, he's becoming a little bit more well-known now, I think, cause he's just, you know, been able to branch out and do some other things, but you know, he's definitely not someone where you hear his name like oh my gosh like unless you really just happen to know kind of the ins and the outs of competitive bodybuilding or powerlifting like he's not a, a boom oh you say his name he's not like a one namer you say his first name and everyone knows who he is um and and i love him to death like he's he's been an amazing resource for me so again you know no you don't necessarily want to skimp out but you know also just again using your ability to research ask questions ask around ask people um you know i think that will will help you fare well and let me just say this too on the other side of the spectrum um while you you know we talk about saving money and we talk about you know trying to get deals and things like that like don't don't be one of those people don't be one of those people that you know you meet a coach and you love what you know he has to offer and you're trying to nickel and dime him don't do that no that's that's, really, that's fucking it's wrong just it's, it's disrespectful. disrespectful these are people that have to this is their livelihood they have to make you know they, they they have to feed their families or do whatever it is they're trying to support themselves and have enough respect for them and what they offer and what they have to accept what it is i mean now obviously if their price is exorbitant you can clearly say thank you for your time and move on but don't be trying to you know how about three lessons for 30 dollars how about five minutes like don't do that that's just not a waste of your time in there and it means that you're not really your head isn't where it's supposed to be in terms of of, of wanting to do you know wanting to progress in in your sport because it's an investment you know and it is going to be an investment of time and a lot of times it is going to be an investment of money you know and you have to decide yes. how much you're willing to invest in that and work within that constraint but don't try to like you know nickel and dime somebody that's like just that's just such a shitty thing to do and don't and here's the other thing too and a lot of people don't i think a lot of people kind of getting into these things don't really realize that this is not appropriate like don't fucking ask people for their plans and their food like first no, of all don't do that first of all um you know any coach that's worth his salt is going to create a plan that is specifically based on that individual client's goals, that individual client's, you know, sort of physical makeup, that individual client's, you know, different abilities and different things. So even if you see somebody who looks amazing and you copy their plan, you know, follow it word for word, 
you're not necessarily going to get the same results, number one. And number two, again, this is someone's intellectual property, right? Um, and you are asking, you know, to have that person's intellectual property for free. It's just not cool. You would not want someone to do that to you. Right. You would want to be fairly compensated for whatever it is that you produce as a work product and just have that same respect for other people. And like I said, sometimes people don't get that um, if they're sort of not familiar with, you know, kind of the way that these sports and training works, but it's really fucking rude. Um, and if somebody says, no, you cannot have my plan, like don't get an attitude, like you were wrong for asking. So right. that's not something most athletes will th- share. Exactly, um, exactly. And one thing you can do, and we talked a little bit about this, but it's all, no, I touched on this a little bit, but I don't think I necessarily said it the way I wanted to. Um, there are coaches who you can contact them and they will, and I'm kind of, I actually just had a conversation with a coach about this. I'm not going to say who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, there are coaches who will not coach you, but they will write you individualized plans based on where you are at that mm-hmm. moment. So you might not be in a place like I know right now mentally, I'm not in a good, necessarily in the best place to have a coach, right. but I need a coach for the, for 2018. Mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I need someone to keep track of my shit because I am an irresponsible jerk. Um, so <laughs> one of the conversations I had is, well, do you offer programming without the constant feedback? And there are coaches, not every coach does Mm -hmm. this. And sometimes it is is something you do have to ask about specifically, but usually it is at a significant discount to ongoing intensive coaching where you're getting a custom plan and it'll get updated every, however many weeks it might be 12 weeks, might be 16 but it's custom to right. you. It's just that you're not getting constant right. feedback. And if you're someone who's a little more advanced in your right. journey and confident with your skill, that might be something mm-hmm. that works for you where you're getting a professional to write your plan, but their hands are not in your training all the time. All the time. Exactly. Or you're checking in periodically, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, that's, I think that's a good point too. Um, but, but again, on the other side of that, as a caveat, you also want to be mindful. Again, if you are a beginner and you are reaching out to a coach and they're, they don't ask you any questions about anything, like they don't ask you kind of where you're coming from. They don't ask you, you know, necessarily, you know, if you have any health issues or injuries or any of that stuff. And they're just like, okay, yeah, pay me X amount of dollar. I'm gonna write you a plan. You can rest assured that that is a cookie cutter plan. You yes. can rest assured that eventually you were going to have to go to somebody else and pay them money to fix whatever you learned that is incorrect. And you can also rest, rest assured that there's a high likelihood that you were going to get injured. So just again, be mindful of that. And in that instance, to me, that is a situation where you get what you pay for. So, yes. um, you know, uh, just to just to kind of throw these things out there to, to kind of help you be thinking about them, some things. So, yeah, I think D's right. As far as coaching is concerned, it, it probably makes more sense to try to see where you can save money in other places and then really try to get the best quality coach that you can afford. Um, and, and, you know, look at your time frame when it comes to that. Um, you know, if you only got like $40, but you're trying to go to the Arnold in like three weeks, that's probably not going to no, um, just take no. your time you know no. this is a lifestyle it's a journey you know there's no rush so um, definitely take the time to find someone who will give you the most bang for your buck um, as far as coaching is concerned um, so I guess the next thing we could talk a little bit about is in terms of like 
training i don't know what you want to call them accessories accoutrement you know uh, equipment, equipment and whether that be that yeah and whether that be like actual legitimate equipment like some people decide to invest in a home gym um because for whatever reason it's more convenient or you know they just don't like peopling or whatever the case may be um <laughs> there's ways that you can kind of do that on you know a, a little bit uh, uh, you know in, in a budget conscious way um whether that be you know acquiring stuff to train with you know whether that be wrist wraps, knee wraps, sleeves, you know, shoes and all that other stuff. And, you know, either to get started in the sport or if you decide you want to compete. Um, so I guess we can talk a little bit about that. Um, I guess I can kind of talk quickly about like bodybuilding and, and sort of what that looks like. Yes. Um, now, obviously, as a just kind of a casual bodybuilder, um, I would say, you know, you can j obviously join a gym like that would be something you could go to a planet fitness or you know a retro fitness for or whatever and kind of get your start that way they usually will have the requisite types of you know machines and free weights and things that you can use to kind of get started in that journey um and then cardio equipment if you know you have some um if your programming requires you to do some some sort, sort of cardio activity although you don't necessarily need you can walk your ass outside or run or do sprints outside too so again don't feel like you have to be limited to a gym to to accomplish those things um as far as um training to compete um i will say that unless you sort of have already kind of amassed or compiled you know a fair amount of gym equipment at home it's probably going to be a little bit more difficult i think to train for a show um, outside of a gym not that it's impossible but I think again because you are looking at a specific you know program for that that may require more of a variety of, of the types of equipment or maybe heavier weights things like that that you might need unless you you know kind of specifically set out to create that environment at home it might be easier and thus less expensive to to join a gym for those purposes um so you know i think you know you just kind of have to make that decision for yourself um you know i will say this i don't know a whole lot of competitors that you know train for a show at home lifting soup cans and you know uh no. gallon no. jugs of water no. like i just don't i no. don't really think that happens no. very much so no um i think you at the bare minimum have to have the ability to and i see this a lot in terms of things that people bring into their homes to right. train with um those i think they're called select select tech weights i think where you can have the adjustable weight set where it's um not the ones that adjust with the actual you take the plates on and off of the little right. dials but it's like you, you pull, pull a lever a yeah or a lever and i'll tell you i have some of those at home and they're kind of awkward and kind of a pain in the ass to use so i mean literally that is my option when like it's snowing and I can't get out of my, you know, I can't get off my street. And I'm like, at least when I was training for a show, like I, I kind of would do that. But again, you know, that wouldn't necessarily be my first choice unless and now this I bought those many years ago. So they may actually be there may actually be much better ones on the market now. But when the ones that I bought, they're just a pain in the ass to use because of the way that they're shaped. So I don't know that, you know, again, I don't know. Um, but you're right. Like you can, you know, some people do that kind of stuff. But yeah, again, unless, you know, eh, it, it might be a little hard for you to get there, you know, doing the makeshift yeah. stuff at home. Yeah, I, 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 the only people I know who've managed to train at home for a show are people who actually have built right. a gym 
and most of those people I think have used a combination of, and I will say this, you can get amazing sales if you just stock yes. the websites for yes. all of not only your sporting goods stores, but some of these brands like Rogue, yeah. um, if you stock them at the right time of year when they're getting rid of things, I mean, even the guys who own the mm-hmm. gym that I train at, they stock those websites and they'll pick up things um, where there are minor defects that don't right. impact the ability to use the bars or, you know, the last run yeah. of a particular bar or things like that. Um, that's one way to do that. Also, um, eBay and, Craig's, and yes. Craigslist. Oh, my gosh. You can find yes. so much good stuff on there for dirt cheap. Sometimes they're like, listen, just come pick the shit up. I will give it to you. So particularly yes. like weight benches, you know, um, you know, full. I've seen full, you know, full rack of weights up to like 100 pounds dumbbells on there. I've seen, you know, um, you know, different types of machines on there. I've seen squat rack, like they have everything on there. So that definitely should be your go-to, um, you know, if, if you're trying to build a home gym for fairly cheap, um, you will find all kinds of deals um, on there. In addition to like, you know, you talked about just the sales at different times of the year and stuff like that. So those are all really, really great you know, um, places to look for things. And I would say, you know, time-wise, you know, look at it like when people are kind of starting to do spring cleaning, you know, so, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, March, April, or when people again are, are starting to, you know, look at shifting, making shifts for the new year's, whether it be, you know, fuck this workout shit on, that's my new year's resolution. I ain't doing this no more. I want to get rid of this stuff or they're making room for new stuff, you know, things like that. So those are all really great, um, really great places to, um, you know, find equipment. Um, and then I probably should have mentioned this more in the food category, but I guess it's also kind of accessories and different things. Um, don't feel like, again, if you're trying to get started in, you know, these sports, or even if you're trying to compete, you do not have to buy every fucking supplement on the market. You really don't. Um, one no, not at all. You don't need any of them to be perfectly honest. Exactly. I mean, even if you don't necessarily <laughs> want to use protein powder, whey protein, you know, it's usually easier if you have fairly large requirements in terms of getting you know daily protein in, macros in. But it's not. I mean, you don't have to do that. And I mean, I breathe. I breathe such a sigh of relief when you know when I first connected with Cliff with my coach, and I was like, yeah. So because I had been using some stuff, you know. But again, I I was never one of those that was going to buy like all the things like. I kept it pretty basic and I was like ah oh, you know do what do I need to do I need it and he was like oh he said here and he had his list broken down based upon you know these are like kind of the bare minimum things these are the things that would be helpful if you have the money to spend them but they're not necessary and these are the things where if you have all the money in the world and you just want to buy all the things and you could buy this stuff and I was so grateful for that because again there are plenty of people that will just try to upsell you either because it's their supplement company or you know they they get some kind of kickback and he's and, and you know, Cliff actually works with a, a particular supplement company um, but he is very clear and I'm not telling you to buy this I am not requiring you to buy this to work with me these are just the things from my own personal experience that I have found to be helpful um, and so yeah you don't have to buy any of that stuff I mean if you're a woman 
especially of a certain age, especially if you're competing and you're going to be dieting, I would definitely suggest taking a multivitamin just because there are going to be key nutrients that you will probably be missing on as your calorie um, caloric intake goes down. But girl, go get go to Costco and get you some vitamins. Like it doesn't have to be anything special. It doesn't have to be some bodybuilder vitamin. You can go get some shit from Target. Right. Like you, I'm listen, I'm taking a prenatal right now that I picked up at Costco. Um, so, you know, I would say that, you know, is a bare minimum, but even within that, it doesn't have to be some super you know special hyped up type of stuff or branch chain amino you know if you want to that's fine if you feel like it really does help you that's fine but just find something that works for you it doesn't have to be you know some you know well so and so you know kai green uses this so i must use it too and it's 500 dollars a month no. yeah well he, no. that's his career and he's making a lot of money doing that so yeah you good um and there's a fair chance that someone is paying him exactly. to use that or to say he uses it exactly uh, so yeah and and you'll find that like a lot of folks that compete you know they do get you know companies that supplement them for lack of a better word and you know pay them whether it be in supplements or monetarily to advertise and tout their products now you know if you want to go that route that's fine that's a whole other different show for a different day but you know that's another idea and another way to save money um you know in terms of um supplementation and then you know in terms of other equipment like you don't need five thousand dollar shoes to fucking deadlift in you just don't no you don't you you don't need that you know an expensive shoe to squat in like you just don't i mean i think some people just like to have them because you know they're the thing du jour i do have a pair of shoes that i squat in that i absolutely love but my you know go-to deadlift shoe is a chuck converse i just i i've always you know liked them and i mean they're not necessarily cheap but they're certainly cheaper than some 300 400 you know um nike squatting shoes European right yeah shoes again unless you unless you got them what is it seven circles you know behind your name and you about to go to the olympics yeah you good you can get some vans you can get some right. converse you can get wrestling shoes you know anything that's gonna i yeah, yeah. for deadlifting i deadlift i deadlift in 19 dollars yep. children 19 dollars children and some people shoes. do it barefoot because it just just what works for them so yeah. again just know that you can't well in competition, in competition no but um you know you don't need something special for that you don't need special deadlifting socks you don't need you don't need any of that shit um you know so again you don't have to be super fancy to get started um and i am going to pit stop at our sh- at the squat mm-hmm. shoe thing because i think that has become and it is be- my, it's like my biggest pet peeve not everyone needs squat right. shoes do not buy squat shoes just for the sake right. of buying them um they're actually weightlifting shoes let's call yeah. them what they are if you are curious about your squat, this is one of those situations that goes back to what we were just talking about. Go talk to an actual right. coach, a coach for powerlifting or weightlifting or whatever sport it is you're going to be participating in and let them evaluate your 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 movement and understand right. this, that you can go from one coach to another and one coach may say, yeah, you need weightlifting shoes and another one might say, no, you don't. And here's the thing too, if you have shitty form, shoes ain't gonna fix it no they're not so they're really not. if you can't hit like if you literally just can't squat worse shit your shoes are not going to nope. be a miracle same thing with your deadlift yeah not gonna yeah. make any difference but definitely before you invest especially weightlifting shoes because people tend to go for the most expensive ones i did the exact opposite mine cost 59 dollars. Mm-hmm. god mm-hmm. damn it um get someone to evaluate right. your technique because i actually spent my money on weightlifting shoes thinking i needed them because one coach Mm -hmm. said i did and i actually 
I was a ballet dancer. The last thing I need is more. Right, 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 right. (laughs) But um, make sure you understand why you're buying these things. I see a lot of people buying weightlifting shoes who, although they're hopeful, they may not need them. Better, more mobility work might have been enough for them to not need them. So make sure you understand what you're buying um, and really why. And again, sales are your best Mm -hmm. friend for all of these things. Everybody has sales all year round, every holiday. I can't think of a single one of the major weightlifting or powerlifting brands that come the holidays aren't practically throwing 20 and 30% codes mm-hmm, out mm-hmm. there every five seconds. So yeah, if you have a meet coming up, you can't always wait for a sale. But if you don't have a meet coming up and you know that this is just something that's kind of in the future right. for you, take advantage mm-hmm. of those sales. Yep. Take advantage. Oh, and here, this is saving you money in kind of a weird way, but I learned it the hard way. And I think a lot of people learn this the hard way know that if you are competing in USAPL, I think USPA to a certain extent, I don't know about RPS or 365 strong or 360 strong, I can't remember Mm -hmm. what they're called, or or some of the smaller federations, but I know USAPL and USPA both have required equipment, not required equipment in the sense that you have to wear it, but the brands um, are the standard brands the accepted brands you can't go outside that list of things that they that they're let you're allowed to wear in terms of branding make sure that you are aware of who you are competing what federation you're competing in and their requirements and the reason i say that this saves you money is because then if you know this ahead of time it gives you time to comparison Mm -hmm. shop and work work within what works for you price wise but if you wait until you are 10 weeks out from meet you have no singlet you have no belt you have no knee sleeves and you decide you want all of those things for your meat you're buying whatever the thing is that will get to you fastest right. so for example my belt the company i use requires i think a 12 to 16 week lead yeah. time for any does des- quote-unquote designer belt as in if you want different colors if you want engraving or anything mm-hmm. like that or embroidery you're talking 12 to 20 week right. lead time that's all well and right. good. That's fine if that's what you want. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But if you, if, if I wanted that, the, my belt is pink and black because those are my mm-hmm. favorite colors. If I wanted that same belt and I wanted it, oh, I don't know, 10 weeks out before meet, eight weeks out, I'd have to pay them so much more money or someone so much more money just to get that delivered right. on time. So yeah. become aware. And not only that, um, you know, you want to, like you said, you want to be careful because if if you're three or you know however many weeks out from a meet and you're like oh my god i need all this stuff you can't just go buy any old thing you know you you're gonna end up spending more money and really screwing yourself so you know you really so a couple of things you really got to pay very close attention to what your specific federation requires um and then you know again for me like you know especially if this is something that you're just kind of trying out and you have this ability because you have friends that you know you're lucky enough to have friends or acquaintances that are kind of into the same thing you are borrow 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 if you know that you want to compete in this particularly um, federation and you know that your girl does it and you guys are kind of similar, borrow a singlet the first time out. That way you don't necessarily have to outlay that expense and you can kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of think about some of those. And that obviously goes for 
um, bodybuilding too in, in competition like you know suit rental is a huge business like you can literally go rent like kind of like rent the one runway you can go rent a suit a competition suit um you know if it, really yeah, nice ones, at that. ones that you can rent but you know would probably might be out of your price range to purchase but rental is pretty cheap and you know if if, if you don't you know have a problem doing that and most of them they dry clean them and do all that stuff you know before they get to you and again, you may decide this is the first and last time you're going to do it. Why would you want to go spend $1,200 on a suit? You know what I mean? If you don't have to. Um, so that's always a good way to, you know, kind of uh, save some coins with that. You know, some other things, you know, some people will do their own makeup or, you know, they'll borrow shoes, things like that. Like, I think that's fine. Again, if you're just kind of doing it for the hell of it. Like, again, this, you know, if you're headed to the Olympia, this probably is not the time that you want to do that. But... <laughs> If this is your first like local show and you just want to try it out then yeah don't you know don't outlay all of because that <sighs> competition body competitive bodybuilding is, is some expensive ass shit so anywhere that you can save money you know you want to do so people you know if they're doing try to do a show that's local to you um you know so you don't have to worry about um you know drive spending that money on airfare or driving or hotel um and if you are gonna you know do those things you know split those costs find another you know person that's going to do the same show and you know if you are cool with that you know split a hotel room or you know people do that all the time so there's definitely ways that you can even at the yeah Olympia. absolutely <laughs> there's definitely way i had a ton of friends who were you know bunking up for rooms um so there's definitely ways that you can cut your costs with that um i probably wouldn't try to save money on tanning <laughs> just because no. it's a pretty no. vital part of the process and again you get what you pay for so you know i'm not saying you have to blow your budget on that but again that might be one of those areas where you want to properly invest the requisite amount of time and money um, to get sort of that desired look for you um but stuff like hair and all that other stuff yeah you know it just depends i guess on what's a priority for you but it's not it's not required similarly don't 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 cheap out on your posing coach oh, yeah yeah don't don't i think for me when it comes to the bodybuilding side of things and this is me talking as a non-competitive bodybuilder but somebody who invested a lot of time in heading in that mm -hmm. direction um and who has several friends who are posing coaches and things of that nature. Nothing makes me sadder than to see a girl with a banging body on stage who doesn't know how yeah. to pose. It makes me depressed and sad for her because you can lose based. And I think a lot of times people don't realize this, especially beginners, because we all know this beginners. Well, Brie and, Brie and I are not like this. And I would tell her she knows perfectly well. If she looked like some bullshit, I would let her get on stage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but, <laughs> but a lot of people who are in their first time show, especially if they're surrounded by people who don't compete and don't know mm -hmm. any better, their friends will blow the sunshine up their asses, not necessarily out of being you know mm -hmm. malicious but because they don't know any better oh my god you're totally gonna win this show you look amazing you look amazing and no one ever says you look like a fool ass trying right. to pose right and sometimes people need to be yeah. told you know by a coach not by the you know this is not the place to right. cheap out um what you look like up there the impression and i think a lot of times people are delusional because they see the olympia you in a local show if you can get those judges to look at you for five full mm -hmm. seconds, you are doing big yeah. things. <laughs> so those few seconds you get on that mm -hmm. stage, you have a limited amount of time to make an right. impression, especially if you're doing something like bikini or figure where there is no mm -hmm. routine, where you literally just go up there, 
you've got some quarter turns or poses or what have you and you get right, right. back off you have almost no time to make right. an impression so this is not the time to be right. cheap pay for the right. posing coach exactly pay for the posing coach whether it's online sessions with someone or face-to-face i personally don't know i don't know that i would want a posing coach on right. the internet i think i'd want someone face-to-face right. to put hands on me and right. be like no pinch this muscle yeah, right there. i'm very much a visual um, learner so i'd i'd i need i would i need i've always needed the remedial in in up close and personal um lessons with that and for people who don't understand the detail to which we're talking about i have a friend who competed in npc nationals probably about three or four years ago now and i was there with her um and (laughs) i remember sitting in the audience with her and with her posing coach sitting next to me and she was probably she's really tall so she was the last bikini class and we spent between me and her posing coach and her the three of us sitting Mm -hmm. in the audience we spent 30 Mm -hmm. minutes trying to decide if her front pose if her hip needed to go up an inch Mm -hmm. or down an inch that poor girl moved that hip one inch Mm. (laughs) at least Mm -hmm. 30 times yeah but it's those subtleties that make a difference before we settled on what her yeah. pose was and we and she had been moving it back and forth the entire 12 right. weeks that she'd been posing so for people who have never really done the whole posing thing for bodybuilding purposes it really right. matters so this is not the time to right. check out um just like for power lifters um if you are heading toward a meet and you've never done one before at the bare minimum i say get in with a coach who knows right. the rules because again this isn't the time to cheap out because i my biggest fear and it's funny because i was just talking with a friend about this who's competing in uh raw Mm -hmm. nationals she doesn't her coach doesn't use her commands in um practice Mm -hmm. and or in in, you know when they're when when she's training he doesn't use the commands and she just realized she's like what 13 12 13 days out and she said holy shit we need to start running the commands." and her coach said oh yeah now it's time to bring them back because nothing would make me angrier as me being the perfectionist i am than to hit a pr lift and not get the white lights because i'm an asshole who missed mm-hmm. the commands <laughs> so make sure as a power lifter even if you don't train with a coach in day-to-day life get in with somebody to run right. your commands and somebody who knows mm-hmm. what they're doing whether it's another whether it's a more advanced more experienced power lifter or a real coach this is not the time to be lazy right. and cheap about it. <laughs> spend the money to get someone to run you through that as much as you can if you need to spend the money to do so. Like if you don't have anyone to connect with mm-hmm. locally, um, right. who can help you? Right. So yeah, don't don't be lazy about yeah. that kind of thing. And I mean, I think at the end of the day, like, you know, I mean, we've kind of talked about all of the different little things to think about. And I didn't, I didn't really say a whole lot about CrossFit just because, again, I think it's just one of those things where... I don't know that there's a whole lot that you can do with respect to cutting your costs here because, <laughs> you know, most boxes are pretty expensive. I mean, obviously, it's going to vary, you know, from from geographic location to geographic location. And so, you know, m- maybe, you know, c- comparison shopping is going to be most important there. But I think, too, it's also one of those things where you really want to make sure it's a good fit for you environment-wise, and that may not necessarily be the cheapest place. But... That being said, you know, typically they have different memberships where, you know, you can, again, you know, you're only going to be there one day a week. So you may not want to buy an unlimited membership or it may actually work out to be cheaper just to buy a membership for the whole year. You know, um, when you break it down, um, 
as kind of a cost per per use basis but one thing i will say is that a lot of boxes offer some um, different services with the membership and to really take advantage of those like i know you know my box um crossfit laurel hey um they offer monthly clinics um, on different things. So whether it be, you know, working on a particular skill, whether it be a mobility clinic, whether it be, you know, double unders, things like that, take advantage of that stuff. It'll make you a better athlete and it, it's included in your membership. I mean, it's not free, but you don't have to pay extra for it. And they also offer, I know for mine, there are also like you get like one free coaching personal one-on-one coaching session a month i think it might be a month i need to double check clearly i haven't been taking advantage but again that's the kind of stuff those little extras that you know are included so take full advantage of them and they're all things that'll go like i said to kind of help make you a better athlete um so you know definitely think about that but again you don't necessarily have to have like the you know the latest and the greatest metcons to you know to do crossfit i mean you know you, you got to just kind of find a shoe that works for you that you know is comfortable and all of that but yeah you don't need anything fancy in, in in order to to participate in the sport like once you get a membership and all of that other stuff now on a competitive level it might be a little bit different but again i think a lot of that is you know kind of personal preference for athletes as opposed to you know oh it's regulation this or that so just kind of bear that in one, mind one other thing you can do with crossfit that i've been seeing more and more in my area is that i know we've got several crossfit athletes who um, they have a maybe two day a week membership in mm-hmm. their box, but then they take their programming and take it to a commercial gym because a commercial gym, I don't care how expensive it is in most cases is at least 50 to $150 right. cheaper than a CrossFit yeah, monthly membership. That's true. So I do see a lot of athletes, um, who will come to a gym, like the gym mm-hmm. where I train, where it's not a, where it's not necessarily a weightlifting gym. It's a gym for anybody who wants to come in there. Um, but it's a private gym, a little bit cheaper, but the equipment mm-hmm. is all there. Or we have a guy at my LA fitness, because I still have an LA fitness membership for cardio purposes, uh, where he very clearly mm-hmm. is a CrossFitter. Um, but he will do a lot of his skill work especially things like right. deadlifts and things yeah. and squats he'll do that at la fitness so he's not paying to mm-hmm. be in the box like he doesn't pay he doesn't pay the big membership he pays for whatever right he exactly there, and that's exactly that. so those options are sometimes available sometimes those are cheaper it depends mm-hmm. on what you need but look into those too i those, those are options uh I have learned in Atlanta, and I'm assuming it'll probably be the same in a lot of cities, a lot of these gyms like where I train, where it's a weightlifting or powerlifting or strength sports geared gym, they are hidden away way back in the cut. And they don't advertise. (laughs) So what you might have to do sometimes is really look out, especially I've found social media Mm -hmm. has been a really great way to connect with people, um, to people in your area who know where the gyms are because I can still Google and not find my own gym and I know what my Mm -hmm. gym is and I know and when you Google you get two gyms I think in my general area and there are quite a few more they're not all huge a lot of them are private so again connect with people that will help you save money is connecting with people who can Mm -hmm. help you kind of feel out what's out there and what the prices look like yeah so you know, I think, I mean, I think for me that that about covers it. But I, like I said, I guess the moral to the story is, you know, if at all possible, 
don't let you know the perceived cost be a barrier to you trying out or doing something that you're interested in doing um you know there's definitely workarounds and different things that you can do to make it a little bit more budget friendly so you know hopefully these are a few tips that you can try and again if you have any other tips or ideas you know feel free to you know uh hit up with dms on the chocolate bar bot chocolate bar chocolate bar podcast on um, our instagram account or you know um, leave us a comment on itunes or um, soundcloud Um, we have a blog um, on wordpress chocolate bar uh, the chocolate bar life i think it is Um, so you Mm -hmm. can check us out there you know we may do an article about this at some point Um, but yeah Um, thank you for sticking with us (laughs) we know it has been a long road at least for us it has um tonight in particular (laughs) and last night um but we appreciate all the support and uh you know hey man just ball out on a budget it's 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 totally doable um see you at the bar i'm brie check it out bye-bye bye-bye